with Kay. And right now, this is Jamie Green chatting to Chloe Swarbrick of the New Zealand Green Party. Joined by Green Party candidate Chloe Swarbrick. Good morning, Chloe. Morena, thank you for having Morena me. Morena to you, indeed. Welcome to beautiful Otipoti, Dunedin. Yeah, it's it's rare to be here, man. Mm-hmm. I'm really gutted. I haven't got down before now, this and I'm first? also this is the first time I've been here during the campaign. So, oh. yeah, but we had a really um, awesome gig last night. Mm-hmm. A refuel, yes. That was so cool. Kane Strang, the yep. Rothmans, Koizilla. Uh, Koizilla, and yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's funny to be billed on a lighter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah, it was awesome. There was, um, people were super receptive, um, had some awesome talks about uh, the old democracy. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. And what did you think of the bands? Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I, it's just insane. I don't know how. Shout out to Will um, from Greens on Campus He's for organising that. My lord, it's a good man. Well, I like him. High caliber, yes. high caliber. That's what we Talent do pool here. runs deep here. Well, that's what we're all Dallas. about. Dunedin, very big music city, as you'd probably oh, know. Yeah. Mm. All right, um, I have to start off with this one. Uh, polls. I hate polls personally. <laughs> I talk about them all the time. I have a political panel on every Friday. I always talk about polls. How I think. Uh, well, that's why they exist, right? They should be, yeah, but they should stop a month before the election. Yeah. They're too influential. Mm. Um, but anyway, um, we're not going to talk about um, why they're influential. But four point nine percent in the latest Red Research poll. Mm-hmm. Don't forget seventy five percent landline poll. Who has landlines? Yeah. <laughs> um, Who has security of tenure? Yeah, that's the question. Ex- yes, yeah. exactly. But it must—I mean, it must be a worrying sign and a worrying trend. This mm. isn't the first poll where the numbers have been going down. What do you think it is? Uh, where's the disconnect happening? Um, is there a disconnect, or are you dealing with a whole bunch of things that are outside the Green Party's control? Good question. Lots of moving parts. Um, mm. So yeah, polls. Um, polls are funny, eh? I think the, the whole reason that we do them is because they help to lead the agenda and then formulate how we, we do the commentary and mm-hmm. um, they're exciting and explosive and dramatic oh, and yes. devastating, um, <laughs> in Patty Gower's words. Uh, the thing that I also find really fascinating about it is, you know, Patty Gower was over in the States during the US elections, mm-hmm. came back and was giving this commentary about how they missed what happened with Donald Trump and he goes, it's because uh, the media institutions were too close to the institutions basically yeah. you know they were all yeah. talking to themselves and i feel as though that's potentially what could be happening this election yeah. Yeah. um there's a lot of groundwork that's happening the greens are running our largest ground campaign that we've ever like ever run um so we've knocked on um talked to on the phones 120,000 people mm-hmm. um throughout the campaign and i don't know if that's something that's necessarily reflected in polls either um i also think the thing about poll methodology is perhaps we need to increase sample sizes yeah um because i have a feeling that a lot of uh, the electorate, the the whole of Aotearoa New Zealand is quite polarised, uh, and what happens there is, you know, we've systematically kind of depoliticised public and private spaces. So when we talk about politics, we expect that it's or anticipate that it's going to blow up into this argument, and we're talking past each other. And yeah. I think we need to move away from that dogma. But anyway, I've moved on to a tangent there. <laughs> uh, so polls, Green Party, it basically just shows that every vote counts. Yeah. Basically, um, it's really hard to go off of a poll because I I'm. I worry that they can become self-fulfilling prophecies where people go, oh, this is exactly. the thing and this is how exactly. it's all going to play out, so this is what I have to do, yeah. but not realising that lit- like the power is all in their hands and mm. they get to influence the ultimate poll, which is obviously election results. Yeah. So, 
Um, yeah, with with regard to what your your actual question, um, the how the Green Party can influence it or what we've done or whatever, um, there was some qualitative research done by I can't remember um, which polling company, but it looked into why we've seen this ping ponging between Labour and the Greens, and the majority of people identified that it was basically Jacinda. Yeah. as to why they moved across. Um, so our real task is to try and educate people about the fact that it's Greens plus Labour equals alternative government, yes. you know. Yes. Um, you still get Jacinda as Prime Minister, but you just get more Green progressive influence to make sure that there is substance behind the rhetoric and that we actually do the stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you use, you use the term heart, but I'd say lungs. You could be the lungs. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the brain. <laughs> the I don't brain. know. There's, there's a lot of, yeah, the, the biological <laughs> metaphor yeah. A little bit messy, eh? But that's the thing. I, I, I'm, I am surprised, and in no way want to insult the populace at all. But it seems to me people still don't get MMP. Nah, um, and I also think that there's. There's a plethora of issues there. There's um, obviously a dearth of civics education in schools, yep. and I find that manifest in the fact that whether I'm talking at a high school or at a retirement village, I have to educate people about how uh, the government works, how parliament works, uh, that we have you know, three branches of government, mm -hmm. that we operate under parliamentary supremacy, yep. what that means in terms of not having a supreme codified constitution. Uh, you know, Obviously, a perfect example recently is after Paula Bennett said that some people have less human rights than others, <laughs> yeah. um, English said, yeah, we've got a flexible constitution. That's right. Well, we don't have one at all. Yeah. Um, uh, well, yeah, no. That, the, if there's any law students that are listening, they'll be like, yeah, we've, it's found in a Titiriti or Waitangi Bill of Rights interpretation. Hey, look, I've talked to Jeffrey Palmer about oh, this. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. No. Uh, big chats. And he, oh, he's, yeah, he, he's quite. <laughs> he's got thoughts. He yeah. does have thoughts. I love Jeffrey. Plenty. Yeah. But, yeah. His book's quite great. Yeah. 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 I've got a big manifest out there that he gave me around the Constitution. Did you get it signed? But, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, great. But, you know, I mean, uh, when we're talking about a constitution mm. and, and what we've got now is very loose one. Yeah. But, you know, do you think it's important that we do create a constitution? Oh, dude, I'm such a nerd for a constitutional reform. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan for a Supreme Codified Constitution for this country, but I don't think that it's the place of any individual party or organisation to propose what that constitution should look like. Mm -hmm. I think that it has to be created in full consultation with um, Māori, with yeah. everybody across this country, uh, and it has to be fully participatory. And I think that's where we really went backwards with, for example, the flag debate. We were talking about what, you know, the brand, what New Zealand Inc. We yeah. weren't talking about what we stand for, which mm -hmm. is kind of perfectly indicative of where we've ended up in this country. We, I don't think that we necessarily know what we stand for right now. And that's what I think this election kind of proposes is, you know, we, we have a real choice. I know politicians say that every election. Yeah. Um, for the majority of New Zealanders, you know, 60 or 70% of us, it probably really doesn't actually impact our daily lives in any tangible measure, whether it is um, the blue team or the red and green team yeah. in Parliament. Mm -hmm. um, but for the 30 or 40 percent whose life are me whose lives are meaningfully, tangibly impacted, for a lot of them, it's actually something. It's like life, life or death. You yeah. know, um, 70 percent of rental properties uninsulated. Um, uh, dude, yeah, there, there's a lot to unpack there. But to get back to the MMP thing. I think that 
the media has to stop framing this as a presidential debate. Yeah. I understand why they do it, because it's the most kind of infotainment angle, and I would I would say, I don't have the stats, but off the top of my head, probably like 90% of New Zealanders, by far and away the majority of New Zealanders, are getting their news from commercial media outlets. Mm-hmm. Not inherently a bad thing at all, but commercial media outlets obviously rely on profit incentive, which means that they have to get click-through, they have to get, you know, people they have to have headlines which are sensational, um, which means that how we get clickbait of a substance, basically. And that's terrifying um, yeah. in a democracy. <laughs> um, and I think the, the whole reason that we campaigned for MMP, right, um, I wasn't alive when it happened. Well, yeah, no, not it was instituted in 96, I believe. Um, that was our first, or 99. Was 93. Our, yeah, but then the, the first actual Actual, election was yep. yeah 96 but, yeah we'll go with that i should know this yeah um, well bulger brought it in so yeah. yeah um but you know jeanette fitzsimons and rod donald like that was campaigned on kind of as a result of what we saw in the 80s which everybody's all very aware of there was this campaign uh, and then we had you know labor go in and do something entirely different to what they had promised um, and I think that when you have a first-past-the-post system, which we obviously pre- previously had before we moved into MMP, uh, you had monopolies mm-hmm. on ideas, on yep. policies, on the way that things could happen. What happens when you've got monopolies is the market is fixed. And that means that there can't be accountability if the two parties don't want there to be accountability. So I think accountability requires choice. And that's essentially what an MMP environment provides people with. So that's kind of the argument for um, the Green Party, this election, is, yeah, if you want real progressive action and accountability happening in the next government, then party vote for us. All right, all right. We got there. Yeah, we got there. Yeah. <laughs> you may have realised I, I enjoy the tangents. Yeah. This is why I'm terrible at sound bites. <laughs> um, oh, just, just, just quickly, um, you've been on the campaign trail. Uh, this is your, yes, I have. This isn't your first uh, merry-go-round. The first rodeo. Yeah. Um, cut my teeth debating Phil Goff. That's quite the thing, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Ex- oh, Phil. Um, mm. But anyway... Um, you know, and, and for in a lot of ways, you are now an inspiration for the next generation. Mm. Um, well, I th- you are. You're you're young. You're dynamic. Uh, you've you, you know you've got a voice, and you want people of our generation to use that voice. Yeah, I mean, I hope if anything, I just you know, dude, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like that's the thing. Most politicians in New Zealand no. actually don't know what they're doing. Um, I found that becoming a politician is much like becoming an adult. You know, when you're a kid, you think that adults know the meaning of life and know where they're going and what they doing and then you become an adult and you're like nobody knows what is happening (laughs) same with being a politician you become a politician you realize everybody's just doing the best with the resources available to them Uh, new zealand politics is a much more amateurish game than much people many people realize i believe um so i think if anything hopefully what me you know involving myself in the political process and throwing myself out there has shown is that if i can do it this like random now 23 year old Mm -hmm. who has no clue really about how I'm wading through this but I'm just trying my best and you know doing my research and doing the mahi um then anyone can do it yeah yeah all right let's move on to policy Mm -hmm. um now you've got policy (coughs) around we got policy you got a lot of policies (laughs) um big ones around clean water putting into poverty of course Mm -hmm. uh and then you Climate, climate change. change. Yeah, you knew that was coming. Yeah. Um, what about you, though? Mm-hmm. What's Chloe Swarbrick passionate about? 
Yeah, um, so constitutional reform, as we've yep. touched on, that's a, that's a big one. Um, reason for constitutional reform is that we can actually target a lot of those things, those three priorities that you just you know pulled out of the hat. Yep. Um, if we have a binding piece of legislation that requires future governments to act on it. It locks you in. Yeah, yep. so um, yeah. So the constitutional thing aside, but also is inherently related to all of these things. Uh, the driving motivators for me to get involved in politics, um, and particularly central politics, post-local body. I mean, the major one was actually just having people realise that regardless of whether we participate in the system, the system governs our lives. Mm -hmm. So basically just want representative democracy to work properly. Um, It doesn't work if we get disproportionate amounts of um, basically older, moneyed people voting because they vote in their own interest. You know, if we look at statistical um, breakdowns from last election, if you can have the 18 to 24 year old age bracket, so that's six years, to the 70 plus year old age bracket, so that's, you know, perpetually like to 110 or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's a very big window there. There's only 10,000 more people in the 70 plus year old age bracket to the 18 to 24 comparatively but 150,000 more of the 70 plus year old voters vote um, which results in disproportionate representation for their views. So I just want people to feel empowered and to hold politicians accountable because all of these massive issues like climate change uh, and inequality uh, you can't deal with them as individuals really. You have to deal with them as a collective. And you know who's job it is to literally solve those problems they have the resource and you, you're supposed to give them the well, mandate for it yeah it's politicians yeah. it's like their job their day to day job that's what they're supposed to do but we don't expect it of them and I think the best analogy is really the um one that uh, a piece of you know kind of cliched advice that's handed out in relationships is we accept the love that we think that we deserve and I think New Zealanders have very low expectations mm. of the love that they're supposed to get from their government. So would you be willing to like you get in there, say you get into power, you know the Greens get a healthy percentage mm-hmm. um, from from this point, get your, your usual 11%, yep. 12% uh, would Which you be, would be fantastic you, because you, we'd get so many great MPs. You'd be happy enough to risk it all, risk not getting in the next term mm-hmm. to put in some Big, uh, yeah, big bold oh, plans. Yeah, totally. that are, Dude, we've never done because what's that's the problem. With po- that's the po- yeah. po- problem of politics now. Yeah. Too many. It's their job. Yeah, and they don't want to lose their job, so yep. they pander to those who Focus vote. Groups. Yeah, <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. exactly. Which results in this kind of cyclical, reactive thing where you're never setting the agenda. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So you would be willing to risk, yeah, screw it. Uh, I, don't I don't even really want to be a politician. I just want things to change. Yeah. You know, it's funny, I've had some people um, critique me for saying that I ran for the mayoralty as a protest. I think the only reason that that protest has connotations of, like, being a bad thing is because of the progressive individualisation that we've seen in New Zealand society mm-hmm. over the past kind of 30, 40 years. Oh, who knows their neighbours? Yeah, but there you go. Uh, but protest is legitimate. Protest should be legitimate. It's a way yes. to bring about change. And I'm quite proud of the fact that I'm protesting by doing this. I think more people should be protesting because things aren't right. Dude. We don't do it anymore. No, we don't. I we work don't, on the campus. It seems, it seems to be uncool. Um, but more than that, it's, it's all part and parcel of this co-option of like the faux American dream where, you know, if, if you're not doing well, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, it's your own goddamn fault. But the fact of the matter is, no. is that inequality is the biggest that has ever been in this country. Yep. And, you know, the poor are getting poorer and the wealthier are getting wealthier. And what that means is that hard work doesn't necessarily equal success anymore. Mm-hmm. The basics, we've, we've, we've lost the basics in this country. So we need to fix them. Yep. Yep, I goddamn nineteen eighty four. All right. 
We are running out of time. Mm. Uh, the New Zealand economy is a polluting one. Let's be honest about it. Dairy cows, uh, <laughs> air travel yep. uh, for tourists. Mm-hmm. You know, these are our two major exports. Uh, export. and, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, how are we going to fight climate change mm-hmm. uh, but keep the economy um, growing or at least at the status quo? Glad you asked. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everybody uh, has. Yeah, there's... Um, because so, this is kind of the critique that's frequently levied at the Greens, right, is we're painted as we have no idea what we're doing with the economy. Um, try telling that to James Shaw. Yeah, I yeah. highly recommend <laughs> going and asking James Shaw about our plans I for have. the economy. <laughs> so um, first, first thing, GDP, gross domestic product, terrible measure of success for our country. Definitely. Essentially just a measure of economic transactions. GDP goes up when there is an oil spill a la Rena, when someone is in a car crash, when somebody gets cancer, um, or when there is a natural disaster like like an earthquake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, currently, GDP is really propped up by the housing crisis because people are throwing houses back and forward to each other. Yep. Uh, the other thing about economic growth and the 3% that's being lauded, about 2% of that is consumptive. So that is our population growing and just consuming. Yeah. Only 1% of it is actually productive, which has led a few organisations to the conclusion which New Zealand is actually in a productivity recession, yeah. which is a, which is a big right. problem. So we need more value-added exports. Um, so that's the first thing, is basically our measure of success is inherently broken as mm-hmm. a country, and we need to change the framing on that, uh, because basically what's the point of lauding economic economic growth when we've got the highest rates of homelessness um, etc 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 problems go on we all know them I'm not going to banny them about forever uh, so with regard to the economy we're basically just none of this matters the economy does not matter if we don't have a planet to do it on yeah. uh, so we have to move towards sustainable we have to have a just sustainable transition uh, we want to bring farmers along with us in that that's the whole point of the sustainable agriculture fund um, really funny and cool to see that the national party stole that policy from us <laughs> and watered it down um, but I, I'm taking that as like a yeah you know they they recognize that right now um, things aren't actually great for farmers. Um, a lot of farmers are in huge amounts of debt as well. Yep. The current economic model for them isn't actually great. Um, so they need the status quo to change too. Uh, because what we're seeing is that more and more they are being required to put more cows on their land beyond the point where it's actually productive per cow, yep. uh, taking on more and more debt. You know, it's it's not a great cycle. So yeah, we want to bring farmers along for the ride and make sure that they... You um, want to add the value to their products. Exactly. You know, let, let's talk about organics. Mm-hmm. You know, let's talk about the high end product yep. instead of just your and n- not normal just whole milk. In the soil. Yeah. Because uh, that's the other classic irony, right? Is for all that, um, you know, the commentariat right wing class talk about how um, the left is all about tax, 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 and whatever tax and spend. Uh, basically, the situation that we've got at the moment, particularly with regard to um, tourism and the pollution related to that and to farming, is we've got a situation where we're privatising profit and social. And cost. Mm-hmm. So it's taxpayers that are picking up the burden of having to pay for cleaning our water yeah. uh, and you know our environment when the people who are making the money from doing those things don't have any uh, kind of obligation to, to clean it up. So yeah. we want to change that dynamic. Yeah, but you've got to, I guess, in a way, this is where civics is important, but other things as well. I guess you've got to teach the people out there 
they've got to realise um, that it's not going to destroy the economy to get those people to pay for it. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a that's... tidy narrative for yeah. the status quo yeah. um, that we would be, you know, destroying the economy, um, you know, all hellfire and whatever. Oh, I've talked about Greens and... with the purse strings for years. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, and that's just one thing. We've got PhDs coming out of our ears, even those in, like, economics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's really just... It, there's civics education, but I think the other thing is more funding for public interest journalism, because that's yep. that's an immediate way to start communicating communicating complexity and nuance uh, and having a real policy discussion as opposed to just headline grabbing kind of controversy, yep. Yep. which is again well, I hate to keep referring back to Trump, but that's totally how that happens. Should TVNZ be non-profit? Um, or do we need another model? I I do think that we need to be investigating another model entirely. Um, the TVNZ charter was changed by uh, the NAT mm. and government, um, basically uh, removing the obligation for them to be t- providing um, public interest journalism and yeah. predicated more so on returning uh, dividends to shareholders, of which the government is one because it's an SOE. Um, so I do think we need a different model entirely. But talking to both journalists and academics, around the country, uh, the conclusion basically is is that the best model is one that's publicly funded. Um, Because we've kind of moved, the cat is out of the bag with regard to paying for um, media. Uh, You know, a lot of people illegally download and otherwise, but the paywalls, um, also I'm a little bit concerned about the level of elitism there, Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a big problem with accessibility. The argument goes that, yeah, but, you know, say, for example, hypothetical, it costs three bucks to access um, the news. Four minutes. Yeah, we can do it however long you like. Mate. <laughs> oh, I thought you had um, something at 12. Oh, I do have something at 12. Yes, I've got to run. Um, we're announcing a policy over there. Um, yeah, I'll do that. Um, but we we need more funding for public interest journalism. Yeah, don't yeah. remember where I was going with that. Yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> all right, um, all right. Just quickly, one that's yeah. uh, self-interest for me. What about funding for students' unions? Uh, mm-hmm. We're seeing um, the University of Otago cutting funding to us again. They do mm-hmm. it year on year on yeah. year. Other students' unions don't get money at all mm-hmm. from the universities, and they are kept in hand. Are students' unions important to the Green Party? Totally. And what would you do unions, to help us survive? Unions are yes. important to the Green Party. Collective action is important to the Green Party. Community is important to mm-hmm. the Green Party. So um, I will be totally upfront with you and don't know our specific policy on that area, but based on principle, I would say that it's absolutely Your something personal that we support. Thoughts? Yeah, my personal thoughts, yeah. 100%. Um, should the Māori version of the treaty be the only version, and should that be put into the Constitution? Uh, the Māori version of the treaty is recognised both by the UN and by the courts in this country as the legitimate version of the text. So yep. absolutely, it's the founding right. document of this Fantastic. country. Fantastic. All right, well, uh, unfortunately, we have to leave it there. Cheers, dude. Really appreciate it. <laughs> that was you great so much. and manic and awesome. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Radio 1. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining me this no, morning. No, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I really enjoyed this conversation. It was great. Enjoy the rest of your time in Aotearoa. I wish we had more time. Alright, yeah, that was your regular Haraway's Oats Singles Breakfast Show host Jamie Green chatting to Chloe Swarbrick of the Aotearoa Green Party right now. Before I hit you with that news and weather with Michaela, I've got Nas and Damian Marley with My Generation.